Hi everyone, this is Will with the NetGenius Podcast, bringing you Geek Speak translations for smart home, smart business, and smart auto technologies. Thanks for tuning in to Episode 2. This is a continuation of some of the topics discussed in Episode 1, so it'll be a little bit shorter and a little bit more uh, focused on specific areas of wireless technology. So one of the things we talked about in the last episode was things that can interfere with or otherwise degrade your signal uh, with the different kinds of wireless infrastructure solutions. So I wanted to focus on um, the protocol or the wireless wave and that transmission and how things might impact it. Um, I want to go back to the standard there, which is 802.11, and that's basically just means uh, Ethernet and wireless solutions for Ethernet. So Ethernet is just um, the networking lang language that is how things connect to each other. So instead of people communicating with voice, devices communicate with uh, radio frequencies over the air or and transmit digitally in packets across that or via wires. So uh, this is an over-the-air modulation that uses that same basic set of protocols that's used on Ethernet. A protocol is just like uh, a language. So French or English, uh, they can get a little bit more uh, narrow, like you might have uh, English from New York versus English from the Deep South. So there can be some conflicts there, uh, but we'll go ahead and uh, move forward anyway. So 802.11 was really sort of first developed in 1997, uh, standardized and then re-standardized and clarified in 1999. Uh, that was the original version of the standard and it used a one megabit uh, frequency or one megabit upstream and downstream on a 2.4 gigahertz or sometimes a 900 megahertz band. Now to understand Hertz a little bit, let's talk about what those are. So a Hertz is basically the, the frequency uh, modulation that a, that a signal is transmitted at. Uh, frequency modulation, uh, sine wave, or think about the waves on an ocean. So during very calm seas, uh, waves tend to be uh, slow and rolling and you don't see a whole lot of um, variation in uh, how they strike uh, the surface of the shore. But when you uh, bring those waves closer together during stormy times, you start to see them strike the shore in different ways, um, sometimes interfering with each other when they wash back out to sea and those kind of things. So radio frequency signals are very much the same. It's sort of like uh, harken back to AM and FM stereo. So AM waves uh, were oftentimes uh, able to get those much further away from their source than an FM signal, and that's because that wave is more of a slow roller than, a f than an FM signal, which has more uh, closely attenuated peaks and valleys, and that causes uh, that wave to not be transmitted quite as far with the, with the same kind of quality, and can also lead to some interference because you're seeing very... Uh, rapid progression in peaks and valleys. So uh, to move on from that, so, so to talk about sort of where that standard has uh, progressed, 900 megahertz, the original standard would be uh, well able to permeate longer distances, but because of the uh, 
narrow bands in the frequency would not be able to carry as much data. That's why that original standard was 1 megabit to 2 megabits. Um, re-ratified, it had a 2.4 gigahertz band, which is a much better um, resonance as far as carrying more data, but starts to get into issues with uh, overlap into other frequency areas. So the 2.4 gigahertz spectrum is really uh, where wireless 802.11b and 802.11g live. B is really not seen that much anymore. You see mostly G, but if you have legacy devices that are wireless B, even if your network infrastructure is wireless G, uh, which is all 2.4 gigahertz, those wireless B devices will bring all of your devices on that network uh, to a screeching halt. So it's a much slower um, bandwidth and it interferes with the other channels on 802.11G. So if a G device has to be backward compatible with B, it brings down all of the transmission for all devices in your network to the B standard. Um, so that's really somewhere in the range of 11 megabits per second. Uh, theoretical, but the, the technical or the, the realistic limitation of that is much lower. You might see throughputs in the 4 to 5 megabits per second, which is really almost useless nowadays uh, as far as streaming media and those kind of things go. Uh, still pretty decent for a backhaul channel for uh, very chattery small packet devices like uh, monitors and uh, monitors being like uh, thermostats and those kind of things. So they you know, watch out for those running on that 802.11b. So under the 802.11g standard, if all of your devices are operating at G or better, you're going to get throughput that's more like 54 megabits per second uh, theoretical rate with a realistic uh, average throughput of around 22 megabits per second. So much, much faster, of course. Um, and because it's got a longer or a short, a longer wavelength, it's able to permeate um, other... Uh, surface is better. So water and walls and brick and those kind of infrastructure are oftentimes things that interfere with how a signal moves around your house or your business. And having that shorter or the longer wavelength, I say shorter, but I mean it's a longer wavelength. It's a lower frequency, longer wavelength. So think low and long. Low and long go together. Uh, that longer wavelength is able to permeate those surfaces better. Uh, on the other hand, what you lack or what you miss out on is some of the higher bandwidth that's available with a shorter wavelength. So the shorter wavelength solutions such as wireless uh, A, uh, wireless N, those bandwidths in the 55 uh, gigahertz bands, uh, their frequency attenuation is much higher. So you see, you see a lot of... Uh, a lot of spikes and valleys, much closer together, and unfortunately what that leads to is uh, interference from objects in the environment. So any anytime you have objects, people, for instance, or walls, or uh, water sources in the way, you're going to have a potential impact on where that signal goes. Now wireless 802.11a standard was... Um, brought us about uh, 54 megabits of throughput with a net achievable throughput around 20 megabits per second. So it's more like the G standard, uh, but it was more widely adopted because there was less concern with interference. So wireless G in the 2.4 gigahertz spectrum, unfortunately had interference from other electronic devices. You might see um, some issues from things like uh, Bluetooth, microwave ovens, 
uh, cordless phones and baby monitors, those kind of things. Baby monitors oftentimes now are Wi-Fi, but back in the day, uh, they ran on uh, frequencies that sometimes caused issues. So for the 2.4 gigahertz range, there's interference concerns, but it has a better permeation through solid objects, whereas uh, the, the 5 gigahertz signal has less of a concern with interference, but has more of a hard time uh, with being absorbed by walls and other sub-objects, sub so they're not um, penetrating as far as the 802.11b or g standards. So, um, 802.11n improved upon that standard for A by allowing you to have multiple input and output antennas. So with wireless A, you typically have one antenna or maybe two antennas that allow you to separate the traffic, but with wireless N, you have uh, input and output on multiple antennas. So with wireless uh, A, it was uh, input on one antenna, output with the other antenna. So transmit receive was separated, which allowed for a little bit better uh, signal, uh, a little less interference. But with wireless N, with the input and output on each antenna and having multiple antennas, your speeds are uh, exceptionally better. So that speed is going to be variable, but varies from anywhere from 54 megabits to 600 megabits per second, uh, which is why that standard was really important when gaming and streaming and those kind of things started to go wireless. Um, so those are really the standards that you see in the home today or even in the small office today. Uh, but there are new standards that have come out. 802.11ac is relatively common now, and it builds upon the 802.11n standard by giving us wider channels in each of the bands. So a uh, wider channel means that you can kind of cram more data in there, and you're going to see speeds that are exceptionally higher anywhere from 433 megabits per second to about 1.3 gigabits per second, uh, which is a huge uh, improvement. So if you are not running AC, uh, I highly recommend you make some upgrades to your infrastructure to be able to do wireless AC. Those are not the only standards. There are some upcoming standards. In fact, Cisco just released um, some wireless devices on their Meraki brand, Mirakai, Meraki, however you want to pronounce that, uh, that are using 802.11af, which is also called Wi-Fi or Super Wi-Fi. And it allows uh, wireless LAN operation in what's called the, the white, TV white space, uh, VHF and UHF bands that are much lower, so 54 to 790 megahertz rather than gigahertz, which means our uh, wavelengths are much longer instead of uh, short and choppy. They're long and wavy. And what that allows is for permeation. Uh, across, you know, it, it bounces around more, which allows it to permeate more through a area that has higher uh, levels of physical objects interfering potentially. Um, so it's less lossy and you're gonna see a little bit better range. Unfortunately, with that solution, what you have is that um, you might see uh, more interference, although you are, you know, there's uh, some standards in play there that help to mitigate some of that interference potential. So interference from things like analog and digital TV and wireless microphones is some, some of the major concerns there. Uh, the advantage, of course, is that you're seeing much higher 
data rates. So the data rate for that is about 430 to 600 megabits per second, which is really great because you're also talking about much farther distances. So this is probably something that's better for open air or like warehouse environments, somewhere where you don't have a lot of things um, reflecting signal or a lot of other things that might be interfering with that signal inside a, a home or a small office uh, where you need high bandwidth uh, but don't want to deal with the kind of issues that you have on the wireless N or wireless uh, AC standard, which is, um, you know, having to, to deal with the impact of um, interference. So it's a great standard for that. Now, they're always ratifying the standard. The, the ACs, AC and AF standards were ratified back in 2014 approximately, and most recently we've seen the AX standard come out. Uh, another successor to AC, it allows for providing about four times the throughput of 811.ac um, with only about 37% higher data rates at the physical layer. So uh, it's so not nominal data rates, which mean that the nominal throughput is actually much higher than what you see on AC per um, per megabit. So you have uh, a much better throughput overall rather than just theoretical throughput. The actual throughput is much higher. Uh, so that's kind of some overview of those standards. So in a, in a home environment, uh, you know, really, unless you're running a lot of devices or you have some challenges with electronic devices with interference, uh, you can pretty much go with any of those. You're going to be okay. Um, definitely want to stick to the more current versions of the standards like 802.11g and 802.11n. Uh, but if you really want to try to um, work around some of the um, interference and throughput issues, you could definitely upgrade to the 802.11ac or the 802.11ax standards. Those are going to be much better for you. Uh, if you have any questions, definitely hit me up. I'm going to have this on my blog. Uh, and you can comment there or leave me some comments on the uh, whichever podcast uh, application that you're using to listen to this. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Hey folks, thanks for tuning in to episode two of the Net Genius podcast. I just wanted to come back in and let you know, uh, you know, obviously you think you might be thinking, wow, the quality of this podcast is kind of harsh, but uh, all I'm doing is trying to get some content out there. You know, I think it's better to, to get uh, information out rather than try to be perfect with it. So uh, I hope that you're enjoying the content of the podcast and the blog posts. I'm trying to make this uh, information available in as many places as possible. So, um, again, my apologies if you are offended by the poor quality. My goal is just to get content out there as quick as I can right now. Uh, eventually, you'll hopefully be able to hear that the quality improves and that it's uh, got better production and that maybe I go a little bit more more or less off script. I'm not sure which way is, is better for me at this point, but uh, just playing around with the tools and trying to bring you some information in an easy to understand way.